0: You know, fill in the blank. There's an endless array of possibilities to what can fit in that budget um, or in that bucket. But anything that employers can offer that will help their employees find better work life balance, especially if you're thinking long term, I mean, we're again, we're talking pennies on the dollar, and the returns are so huge that it's too difficult to calculate. Um, And again, as more and more employers start to recognize that fact, they're going to start offering them. And it's not going to be a shock. You know, when you know, when I put something out and say, hey, we do X, Y, and Z, and people are like, what the hell? That's the most amazing thing ever. It's going to get to a point where it's like, well, yeah, lots of companies are doing it.
1: Just the three of us
0: okay
1: yeah just, just the three of us get down there um what what we're, we'll probably do is like you know leave here about like 7 a.m walk on the boardwalk for a little bit like get a cup of coffee on the boardwalk um and then hit a place for lunch and then go spend the rest of the 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 day at the beach and then just come home and put him in pajamas before we leave and he'll fall asleep on the way home
0: that sounds nice. What's the uh, beach weather this time of year?
1: Uh, right now, it is hot and humid. Yeah. So it is going to be a hot one on Friday.
0: Okay. Well, I guess you have to get in the water then, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we'll be okay. playing in the water.
0: Well, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Unfortunately, I don't have a beach uh, near me.
1: Yeah, that, that that's the one thing living here. Like, I mean, like there, there's things where we we talk about, oh, let's move here. Let's go there. But we like the idea of the beach being an hour and a half away.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, so accessible. Not, I like that. Uh, yeah. Simple not, day not trips too... are possible. Yeah. Well, if, if you have it, you should take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Well, cool. I'd like a beach
1: trip. It's wicked hot here yeah so yeah right now it, it's just it's sunny hot humid it's like people have asked like well what do you do when it's like this i'm like you're either inside the air conditioning or you're neck deep in water
0: yeah it's the only way right
1: yeah yeah
0: well glad you're gonna be able to do that that should be
1: fun yeah and it goes along with the, the episode we recorded last week around you know, time off, and you know, yeah. You know, we obviously entitled unlimited time off, but just the, yeah. the f- flexible time off. Flexible,
0: yeah. Autonomy, ability yeah. to define your schedule. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and it's um, that was a good conversation last week, and uh, yeah, I kind of continued the conversation on social media. I like um, we we've tried to do some of these episodes where I've got you know, reached out for real time interaction, and it never seems to work. Um, But when I've done it asynchronously from our episodes, like all this, like, comments and feedback comes piling in. So yeah, um, yeah, it's good to hear what from others, it's, it's good to hear that, you know, I I guess I I tend to take a very jaded approach that every employer is out there trying to screw over their, their employees, but it's good to hear from a lot of people that, you know, they're trying and none of us have the have it figured out and especially as the work landscape is so fluid right now and evolving you know we're we're testing and i think it's important to always be in a mode of learning that you know constantly checking what works what doesn't but it's good to see that employers are you know taking it seriously and um Help helping create some autonomy uh, to allow their employees to enjoy the flexibility. It, uh, at least from our experience, the the return on that investment is almost beyond. Well, it is beyond measure. I mean, it's it's incredible.
1: So, what are some of the things that you're hearing?
0: So, hearing um, a lot more about um, how much time we're quote working. Um, so a lot more discussion around do we go to a four-day work week, um, especially during the summers, it sounds like, you know, optional or less structured Fridays, maybe use it more of a time to hang out and have fun with teammates or or, or not do anything at all. Um, it's This morning, I started a discussion around just home office setup and um, compensation or uh, coverage of things like cell phone bills or internet bills. And um, it, it's been great to hear people say, Oh, yeah, not only that, you know, but like, we have, we have like a monthly stipend where it's like, we can get like a gym membership or streaming service or do other fun things. And so it, it it's good to see employers realize, I guess, one, it's, it's, it's not a lot of cost up front, to to be able to provide some of those niceties to the team. And we've talked about it. Like you give them that sense that they can control things that make them feel good. I can have a keyboard that I really like, you know, I can, you know, subscribe to a music streaming service that makes my office environment a little nicer. I mean, it's pennies, but you know, having a happy employee is, is again um, priceless. And so it's, it's good to see, Um, it's good to see some of those things happening. And um, obviously a different scenario for us where we started the company as a fully distributed company day one. Um, But a lot of these companies, there's a lot of cost involved with having someone in office, you have to supply the desks and the hardware and all of this stuff and just the facilities to have them in the building. Um, You know, I don't necessarily expect that all to go back to the employees. But for companies to simply pocket that <laughs> because now, oh, well, Jim works at home and Jim already has internet and a phone and a desk and a computer. We'll just let him use that and not either support that or reinvest those funds in some other way back in employees. Is You know, it's it's really concerning to me that companies are going to, to do that and some will for sure, but it's good to hear that there, there are lots that, that aren't, that are using those savings and reinvesting them back in employees um, is good to see.
1: Yeah, and and that tweet I saw it about an hour ago, and it plays great into into today's topic. Um, so as I mentioned when we started last week's episode, I wanted to do a couple episodes around job hunting or recruiting. Look at looking at it from both perspectives, both the prospective employee and the and the the employer. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about benefits today, okay? Um, because you and I have talked many times on the podcast off the podcast like you and i got similar advice from both our parents and our grandparents you know it's it's um you know the benefits that come with a job and and i know like from my grandparents generation that was pension which then turned into 401k yeah um health coverage for yourself, for your family, those kind yep. of things. Like those were critical, uh, for any kind of employment package that you were, were negotiating. Um, but you know, obviously, and, and, and you've really kind of set it up great about like the changing landscape of, of employment because a lot of people like, especially if you're going into an office, you're expecting that office space is going to be provided to you. Yeah. Um, a computer or you know the tools of the trade are going to be provided to you like i mean computer you know okay that that's office staff but maybe you know other lines of work you know the tools necessary to complete your job are going to be provided um to you whether it's you know a phone or whether it's a company phone or or, or whatnot um and yeah as, as people are going remote like i know a lot of people when COVID kicked off in March of 2020 and everyone was just abruptly told to go home, they were, they, they had to figure it out. Where am I working from? Um, I, I know people that were working from the kitchen table until they got yeah. it figured out because they were going into the office all the time. And so they didn't have any need for necessarily a, a home office. Yeah. Uh, maybe they had a study, but it wasn't set up to be a, um or a study or a den or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it wasn't meant to be like a permanent work location. So a lot of people were, excuse me, were scrambling and then students were being sent home and, you know, I I don't know about you, but like desks getting anywhere in this area, whether it be in store, online, whatever, finding a desk Mm. was, was not easy to come by. And I'm starting to ramble, but I want to kind of make it a bit more concise to really dig into the topic. So where I'm going with all of this is, is, you know, these days, um, whether the job's remote, hybrid, in office, what are benefits that matter? What are the key things um that go beyond salary? Um, we get blinded by the salary. A lot of people do, like you know, everyone was talking about the beginning of this year, the great resignation. You know, people were getting money thrown at them, and you started to see that there was a bit of a backlash from that, where all of a sudden people were like, Well, maybe. Maybe this job wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Yeah. Um. Uh, you we, we see it all the time in digital analytics. People get money thrown at them after a couple of years of experience, and people get blinded by the salary. Yeah. What other things that come along with a job are important? And I mean, there's so many different. Oh my
0: gosh! Well, let's mean, just jump we, in and go. We probably need ten hours to record this this episode. Um, so I'm going to start with the non-tangible things first, because I think those things are highest up on, on the list. Um, and, and really that comes down to, um, f- a sense of freedom and autonomy. I, you know, I think after a certain level of compensation, your, your wages, your salary, um, nothing else moves the needle more than having a sense of control over your day. Uh, and, and you and I have talked about this both on the podcast and and privately around um, just how stressful and energy zapping it is not to feel like you have any control over what you're doing as an employee. And so, you know, if, if employers are offering competitive employees Wages, you know, that obviously differs by industry and by role. But if it's competitive, um, the most important thing to be thinking about is what things can I do to uh, give a sense of trust to my employees that we trust them? um, We're going to give them some autonomy and we're going to allow them within some guardrails of how we operate as a company in our culture, design how they work best. And a lot of the You know, I think a lot of the arguments for and against remote work are are misguided and have been for a long time where we get so incredibly passionate talking about where work happens, you know, it's better in office because you can collaborate and you're, you know, just you're, you're more creative or it's better at home because, you know, you can go have lunch with your kids or just step out and go for a walk. And yeah, I mean, there's merit to having those conversations, but to me, that is third on the list of things that we should be talking about. And the, the two things that are much more valuable than that are the how and the when. Meaning, when do I work? Is it, do I have still this rigid expectation of eight to five? Or have we blown that concept out of the water and say, no, let's it, especially for employees that do work that can be done asynchronously, let's allow them to work when they're best. Some people are morning people. Some people are night people. You know, some people are morning and then a little bit in the afternoon and then a lot of. night. Allow them that freedom and autonomy to define when they work. Um, and then secondarily, how they work. Um, meaning, again, give them a sense of autonomy and control to design how they work best especially if you're hiring incredibly smart, experienced people, you don't want to hire really smart people and then say, okay, um, and not, not, not to, not to demean the role of working on the line at McDonald's, but if you work for like a fast food restaurant, everything is prescribed. You, you take this patty out of this location, you put it here for 30 seconds after it's, it's very operationalized. And so giving employees a sense that yeah, ultimately we want to take these raw ingredients and create some, this amazing output from it. but how we get there, we're going to allow you some freedom and control over how that done is done, it, those things are so much more important than the where that, that we are working. Um, and so as I, as I as we think about you know compensation and, and things that are important to evaluate as we're looking um, to figure out where the best place it is for us to work, it's always going to be salary. Number one, am I meeting my needs? Is it helping me unlock the things that I want to unlock? But very quickly after that, it's, it's a sense of freedom, a sense of autonomy, um, in, in the job.
1: Yeah. So funny story. Um, over the last three years, a lot of my, well, three and a half years, my, my, some of my behaviors have changed. My routines have changed. You know, I've, I've, I've talked many times about my morning routine and, you know, having a little one and then, um, my wife teaching from home when COVID kicked off and now, you know, her deciding to take a couple of years off to be at home. My morning routine used to be, I'd go to the gym, I'd come home, house, be quiet, you know, get my shower, do this, do a couple things and then be at the computer all dressed and ready to go by eight forty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to today and like literally today, um, I've got a three and a half year old who is, struggling right now sleeping he's always Mm. been a great sleeper but this week it's just like he's just fighting it waking up in the middle of the night and everything you know when you talk about where and when to get work done um there have been a couple mornings this week where i've got a late workout in i get in i take a couple morning phone calls write my sweaty gym clothes nobody knows knows there is none the wiser yeah and then I go get showered, cleaned up or whatever, but that flexibility of not having to be dressed and showered and out the door by 8.15 to be in the office or, or whatever, I'm able to to kind of just adjust as life happens.
0: Yeah. It, it's It's such an incredible feeling to be able to, again, have that sense of control that it, it's not so rigid and not even so rigid in how you define it, right? Because this week it can look one way, the next week it, it can look a completely different way. And you don't have to go to bed at night with that stress of like, you know, I have all these things I kind of want to do. It would make life so much easier, but I can't because I have this rigid schedule that I have to adhere to. So I I, I, I do. I think that freedom and autonomy is, is so close after compensation. And I think the third component we're still not getting to the tangible things yet. I think that that third component um, really is around having a sense of purpose. Again, especially if you're hiring super experienced people, we I've heard it time and time again. Yeah. My employer pays really well. Yeah. I've got some autonomy. Yeah. I've got some great perks, but like I'm literally doing nothing that matters, whether that's true or not, that's how they feel. And at a certain point in your career, All those other things start to hold less value if you're spending huge chunks of your time that you feel is just doing work to do work and you're not actually creating any value out of that output.
1: Um, How many people do we know that we've worked with over the years that in recent years have moved into some kind of hobby that has physical tangible output?
0: oh man more 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 people than i can count off the top of my head
1: and it's exactly that reason i think that that's one I, yeah. of the things I, I think it's it's twofold one in in our particular space nothing we produce is tangible everything is is out there in in the ether to use a cliche mm-hmm. it it's and, and a lot of times how many times have we built something and then Client moves on to, to a different vendor and rips everything right down. Yeah. Like I think I immediately think of Randy and his guitars,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, moving into a hobby like that, you know, using your hands or some kind of physical output. And I mean, the list goes on.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll challenge you in one, in one way in that I, I don't disagree with you. Um, but I also think it's a matter of perspective and, and what I mean by that is when I worked client side for four years, I took from sc- literally nothing existed, not even a vanilla Google Analytics implementation when I took the job um, at Spark Networks to build out an analytics program. So literally nothing there. And over a four year period belt, obviously I'm biased, but what I felt was, a world-class example of how to build a highly functioning, high-value program that not only had incredibly rich analysis and insight capabilities, but was also a fully functional uh, optimization and personalization program as well across 10-plus brands. I was incredibly proud of that, and I put a lot of my self-worth in that products. Like that was my tangible output, right? I spent four years building something and the 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 tangible piece of that was this program that was running. And uh less than two years after I left that job, everything was completely removed. Just completely burned to the ground. And for a good year after that, and I this is three years out from even being employed there, I, I felt depressed about it. You know, that was my my Mona Lisa, my painting, my, you know, my guitar, my fill in the blank that I created, and someone went and destroyed it. And for me, it was like they were destroying my value destroying something I had created. And it was really difficult for me to overcome that. And as I think we we started to transition into building 33 sticks, that was still top of mind to me that this is going to be really hard because we're going to go into these companies. We're going to really transform the way that they work. And it very easily can be, you know, some, they hire someone new and it's like, yeah, we're going to just rip this all out. And there goes our sense of value. And so because of that, I think that is a big motivator for us to focus on people first. And while we're passionate about creating tangible results from a you know implementation or analysis or transforming the way the company does business perspective we know that is inherently very fragile and so what i've tied kind of my satisfaction and self-worth to is less of the well what did we create from an analytics perspective and more more what did we enable or how did we change people's lives that we work with did they get promoted did they get a raise you know, I I think of Todd at the monitor all the time, did we help inspire and enable them to do something like move their family to Hawaii for a year to work remotely, fully immersed in in that environment? Those are things that can't be taken away. And, And so from a output perspective of what are we creating? Yeah, I mean, I think there's very diminishing returns on the work that we're doing from a longevity standpoint. But the people that we're impacting that, that can't be taken away. And so for me, that's where a lot of my motivation and energy comes from, from a creation standpoint is like, are we helping these people achieve something on a personal level? That to me is, is, is very fulfilling. So I, I guess kind of, those are the, the top T- two tiers. And again, those are not really tangible things. Um, but, but from there, we've talked about obviously, you know, the basics we're assuming are covered, right? So we have healthcare, we have some sort of retirement plan. We're kind of assuming those things are are covered as part of basic, um, compensation. Um, and then you start to get into more of the the tangible things. And this is the conversation that we were having this morning on, on Twitter, um, these things aren't necessarily expensive, but I think they have an incredible return on investment. And this is investing in your employees environment. So whether you're allowing them to choose hardware that that, that works for them, whether you give them a budget and they can buy a desk that, that, that feels good or a chair that, you know, supports their needs or just niceties around the office. Again, like these are pennies on the dollar compared to what it costs to hire and keep a a person employed. But the return on having an environment that your employees feel good going to work in every day is, is priceless in my mind.
1: Yeah. What are some of the things that stood out in responses you got to that?
0: So, you know, I was expecting to hear, you know, yeah, we cover, you know, the basics, a laptop, a computer. Um, one of the things that surprised me a little bit was the openness to choice um, in in the hardware was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, because when we've hired employees, um, and our most recent employee was, was no different, we said, what do you want? He's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, do you want a PC or your Mac? Do you want a laptop or a desktop? He's like, I don't understand. I'm like, well, we want you to pick what is going to feel good for you. It's like, I've never had an employer say that to me. They always said, well, this is our standard. Here's what you get. You, you know, you get what you get. Um, and so to hear that there are other employers out there saying, hey, no, like we want you to choose what works for you was was really great to hear. I'm going to actually pull up my feed and kind of go through some of the the things that, that we are hearing. Um, so, you know, lots of employers are either giving – uh, funds directly for needs, um, not necessarily needs, but things that they would be paying for anyway, like internet access, cell phones. Um, so that wasn't too much of a shock. But then others saying, you know, not only that, but we kind of have just a monthly stipend. So whether we want to, you know, buy something for the office to, you know, anything, anything really, it's like I want plants in my office. It's going to make me feel good. Or, you know, maybe I use those funds and I buy, you know, snacks or whatever, or maybe I use those funds and I buy a subscription to a streaming service or a gym membership. And, and so again, I think that autonomy is, is great, right? It's one thing to say, here's like $50 and you have to spend it on X. I think it's another thing to say, here's $50, you know, spend it on what's going to make your day more enjoyable. That, that goes to, um, further expound on the value of that freedom and autonomy piece. Um, and it's it's so, so incredibly valuable for employees to feel like they have um, those, those options. Um, scrolling through the feed here, there was a couple others that stood out. Um, companies, especially for developers, offering multiple large monitors, I think is a, is a huge, huge thing to do. And again, these are things that they'd be doing anyway in-office. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's a natural for for them to do it um, for the home office setup. Um, yeah, lots of mentions of stipends to, to basically spend in certain areas to make life better. Um, lots of mentions of docking stations. I tried to use a docking station once. I didn't like it for some reason. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, um, really you can prescribe lots of things, but giving again, following that autonomy path of giving your team some funds that they can use and say, Hey, we trust you to buy things that are going to make your job better, more efficient, you know, happier in in the work in when you're doing the work, I think is, is awesome to, to hear. Um, one thing that I did want to call out and is of concern to me is, um, are companies not doing this because they're not sure what the next step is? And by that I mean Yeah, I'm saw, curious
1: what you mean by that.
0: Well, so we saw this at the beginning of the pandemic, and we saw this with lots of our clients where um they were sitting at a kitchen table or a little card table in the corner, you know, in, in a room that was not really meant for work or an environment that seemed very, very temporary. And I and I would ask the questions out of curiosity, like, is you know. What are you thinking long term? They're like, well, my employer says, you know, we're going to be back in the office in a couple weeks. You know, and this was the very start of the pandemic. It's like, eh, you know, we we don't need to really even think about home office that. But this is really temporary. It's like a couple weeks. We'll be back in the office. And so, you know, to, to to be fair, like no one knew, no one had an idea of how long this would stretch out and and how it would change things. But but again, it was kind of that it's going to go back to the way things are. So it's not really worth investing or even thinking about how to make sure that they have a good setup. Fast forward two years later, they're still at the kitchen table working. And I'm saying, okay, it's been two years. (laughs) What what are you thinking about long term plans? So you have a more Proper work set up at home. And the feedback is, well, you know, now we're on the tail end of the pandemic. And so we're going to be back in the office soon. So everything's going to be back to normal. So it doesn't make sense now to like invest in a home office setup or how to do it properly because we're just going to be back in the office. So that's my biggest concern is that, yeah, we're hearing lots of really great things from people where their employers are doing it right. But I'm guessing that we're not hearing from, the larger population of people whose employers are taking that approach of, well, we're, everything's going to be back to the way it was soon. So it doesn't even make sense for us to get them off the kitchen table. And that's concerning because regardless of pandemic, regardless of anything else, we're not, we're not going back to the way it was before that that ship has sailed. Um, so they, they need to start thinking about it.
1: Yeah. And like, I I mean for me and we've beaten this to death. I I don't see people going back into the office full time in many cases. Yeah. There there are going to be legit needs to go into to an office. We've talked about how we foresee the office changing, becoming more of that maker space, but I think for for many employees, they're not they're going to need that at-home setup. Mm -hmm. um i haven't seen anything recently but now that i said it i probably will i know about two months ago i had seen something that apple a company the size of apple Mm -hmm. was having trouble getting employees to come back Mm -hmm. um you know it was this goes back before the pandemic they spent a ton of money on that new apple campus like the spaceship style circular building and then 2020 hit And at this point, people are like, no, we don't want to go back. As nice as that building is, is we don't want to go back. There are a lot of people that just flat out moved away, for one. But then others, for whatever reason, whether they just don't want to go back into a home office, they've embraced the the remote work life. If they're having trouble getting back, and again, I haven't seen anything recently, and I know the minute I say this, something's going to pop up on one of my news feeds about the status of it. But I know they were having trouble getting people back.
0: It's not a surprise. And there's another company that I was reading about just yesterday. I can't remember the name of the company, but a well-known name brand company uh, that sent out a directive that all employees are now recalled back to the home office and we're going back to the office full-time. And it was less than 48 hours. Um, a group of – geez, maybe it was Apple. I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and pull up the news article. A group of employees uh, put together um, – an internal communication to executive leadership that basically said, no, deal with it. And if you're going to force this, we're not going to be here. And it it caused them to roll back that staunch policy and and say, okay, we're still evaluating what our, our setup is going to be. So em- employees have some power right now. Um, and it's not to say they should abuse that power because their employers abused it for so many decades prior, but they need to use that power to voice... Um, their their opinion that having more autonomy and a better work life balance is is no longer something that is a perk. It's it's got to be something that's part of part of every job. Um, and if it's not, we're not going to deal with it. Um, and so, if you're an employer, if you're in management, it really behooves you to really start thinking about this and. Um, I think the biggest mistakes that are going to happen are employers will say, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll allow for more, you know, uh, distributed workforce, but they're going to take the office model and try to overlay it and smash it into a remote setting, which is going to backfire spectacularly. Or worse, they're not even going to put any thought into it and just say, okay, employees, you go figure it out. Because this is hard, especially for big companies. This is hard to think through, like. How do we compensate? What do we provide them? What structure do they need? What support do they need to figure out how to frame their day? What, you know, how do we make sure they're connected with their call? There's so many decisions and things that need to be made that I think, unfortunately, a lot of companies simply aren't going to do it and just hope it happens organically. And for a select few, it will because they have really amazing cultures, but for most it won't. And I think that they're really going to suffer because of it. And employees are, again, putting this high up on their list of of wants and needs right below compensation that if you're not offering it and you're not proactively thinking about how to build this as a healthy part of your culture, you will absolutely, if you haven't already lose your best employees and you will have an incredibly difficult job, not only finding great employees, finding any employees, if you don't offer it, it's going to be hard to hire. And, oh. and we're seeing this in some of these bigger companies that have had job openings for like 18 months with, really good pay. And they're like, no one's interested. I'm like, well, yeah, you we have a shitty culture. <laughs> like then people have options and they're going to get more freedom and autonomy. It's not a surprise
1: to me. You're not able to hire. Well, what about those companies that it's leaked out that as the, the employee base has become more distributed, that they're adjusting salaries based on cost of living of location. So it's, Oh, you used to work in our New York office. And now you've moved to, you know, um, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, cost of living is dramatically different. So we're going to adjust your salary down. You hear about that every now and then. Oh,
0: yeah. And it's it's I mean, and this was happening long before. Uh, and, and I'll come back to this just as a something that really grinds my gears. But this was happening before this whole kind of migration with the, um, with the pandemic, um, is this debate around what sets salary? Is it, is it geography? Is geography the overwhelming factor in your salary? Um, and when you break geography apart from the job now, what, and, and, and if you're going to allow fluidity, then what? So if, if it is still geography, Well, how often are you adjusting that? What if you have a nomad in one month, they're in LA and another month, they're in Singapore. Like, how are you going to handle that? You know, it's, it's incredibly complex. And so the easy answer is you don't, you you pay versus for the value that they're, that they're creating. But I remembered a previous employer, we had that exact scenario. We hired a guy based in Manhattan who was obviously super expensive because Manhattan Super expensive to live there. Super expensive to employ someone there. So we hired him and we paid him Manhattan wages. Within six weeks, he relocated to rural Florida somewhere. Like dirt cheap cost of living. And the executives of the company were mad, mad, mad. And I remember we had a meeting about it. Said, well, we got to bust his salary down. Like we got to reset it to like rural Florida salaries. I'm like, we can't do that. Like, how do you think that's going to make him feel that we're like, oh, nope, you're not worth as much as we thought you were worth. Um, So it's a, it's a very dangerous and and slippery slope. And, you know, we've, we've kind of, well, obviously from day one being a fully distributed company, that was never something that we took into consideration to pay for geo. We, we, from the very beginning said, okay, what value is this employee going to generate for us? and what is then the appropriate compensation for an exchange of that value that should be fair to both sides. And we don't care where they live. It was very easy for us to solve that. But again, it's easy to do that from day one. It's a lot harder to do it when you have established norms and culture. But I will tell you, if you're thinking about adjusting your employee's salary, say, hey, yeah, we're, we're going to allow you to work anywhere. But as part of that, and you know how they're going to roll this out, you are going to send out some lame copy and paste email from someone in HR that says, hey, just an FYI, we're doing salary adjustments and reviews based on where you've migrated to over the last two years. So expect to hear from your boss, you know, on that adjustment. And then you get the emails like, oh, you know, we see Jim move to like uh, upstate New York. So we're going to have to adjust his salary down. There's going to be a lot of upset employees that are going to be <laughs> leaving companies when that happens, because it is just a kick in the gut for that to happen to
1: someone. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not surprised whenever I hear it, um, you know, like, and, and we're talking about, let, let, let's call it what it is, the large faceless corporations mm-hmm. where you are, you're a line on a spreadsheet. You're a resource. You're not a person. Yeah. And it's, it's managing to the lowest common denominator.
0: Yeah. And they have this, um, I think, One of the things that is in there, one of the things that is going to be their biggest struggle is they have this, I don't know if superiority complex is the right word, but they feel like they're in the driver's seat for any negotiation. It's like, these people are just resources. It doesn't matter if Jim leaves, there's always going to be another Jim. And I think that that is faulty reasoning. Um, Are we all replaceable? Sure. I mean, there's always someone that can step in and do our job, but... If as a company, as a brand, if it starts to be well known that our culture is like that, that we don't value people, that we see you as replaceable and we're going to treat you like that. The next Jim is not coming along. Jim is not coming along because Jim has options more than ever now because it's not just his local city or state or within a hundred mile radius that he can be employed. He can be employed literally anywhere in the world. And so that next gym isn't coming along because he's got options and he knows how you've treated previous employees. So good luck hiring. It's going to be a difficult, difficult path for you once that gets out, and it will get out. It absolutely will catch up at some point.
1: So, I mean, th- th- this has been re- really, really good. Um, so I want to start wrapping up and. You know, we, we've hit on on multiple things um and, and really I, I don't have many questions because we kind of hit on what what we want to talk about yeah like again kind of to, to to recap you know like what we've heard from previous generations when it comes to employment benefits it's always been medical um, retirement those kinds of components um and I mean at this point like I would even say it's it's almost granted at this point like you got to take those things for granted it's what other things should you think of that's right and not get blinded you know salary wise but then also we've been thinking in terms a lot so far of of the employee so i do kind of want to kind of think of another way employer yeah um what are benefits that every employer should think about like I really do think like thinking back to what we've talked about so far, it's really come from the context of the employee, the autonomy over your day, the the equipment that you need, you know, especially many people are remote these days. You have all of the equipment, hardware, software that you need at home um, as an employer. Are there certain benefits that should jump out to say, yes, we should absolutely offer this or consider it or or think about it?
0: So I think there are, are two, and I am not necessarily going to jump into specifics, but just kind of talk high level. And those are things that enable you to have a better connection with your team absolutely should be should be thought about. And that could be anything from getting people together to travel budgets to being creative on how teams can um, kind of play together in a virtual world. Um, And then two, and two is probably more important, um, any kind of benefits that provide a sense of autonomy for your employees to create better work-life balance. So if, you know, if that's niceties around things like, again, whether that's gym memberships or food plans or, you know, fill in the blank, there's an endless array of possibilities to what can fit in that budget. Um, or in that bucket, but anything that employers can offer that will help their employees find better work-life balance, especially if you're thinking long-term. I mean, we're, again, we're talking pennies on the dollar and the returns are so huge that it's too difficult to calculate. Um, and again, um as more and more employers start to recognize that fact, they're going to start offering them and it's not going to be a shock. You know, when, you know, when I put something out and say, Hey, we do X, Y, and Z and people are like, what the hell? That's the most amazing thing ever. It's going to get to a point where it's like, well, yeah, lots of companies are doing that. And if you're not, then again, your ability to attract not only great employees, just employees in general is going to be so incredibly difficult. So as we're moving more to an asynchronous way of working, uh, more fluidity in, in, in where and how and what people do, giving people um, some ability to connect with the rest of their team and giving people tools and abilities to better structure their work-life balance, it will become an absolute must as a, as a perk, as a benefit that employers offer.
1: There's a couple of things I want to say, and I'm trying to think of what I want to say first. Um, Because it it, it feels like, you know, some of the things that you were describing there, it's almost like I've worked for one employer where there there was an on-site gym. Mm -hmm. And, like, that kind of became the norm, you know, in the early to mid-2000s. You know, like, you know, some kind of, like, when when there was a large enough campus, some kind of on-site fitness facility and like that 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 did that almost became the norm and people started asking well what what do you have do, you have, a gym? do you
0: have a cafeteria do you have a you have center a, right and and here's the problem and and those things are awesome but here's the problem that i have with it especially in a distributed workforce is just because it works for jim doesn't mean it works for jason and and so i love that we're breaking apart this concept of, well, on our campus, we have this, this, and this. And like, that's great for employees where those things matter, but those things don't matter to all your employees. So we can now break that apart. And instead of prescribing a one size fits all solution to work-life balance or things that are meaningful to employees, we should embrace the um, fuzziness of it and create frameworks in which Jim can work with his boss to define what works best for Jim and Jason can work with his boss to work, to define what's works best for Jason. Um, Because I think that's one of the, that's one of the big things that we're realizing with office work is that people that are huge proponents of the, of the office and of the campus are huge proponents of it because it worked for them. And they think, well, because it worked for me, it worked for everybody but that simply isn't, isn't true, you know? So I think being open and being empathetic that people have different work experiences and that we should be flexible to help support the work experience that is best for them, um, is really the right approach to take.
1: Yeah. And, and you covered some of this earlier, what would be your advice to employers that, you know, thinking that this is, this is potentially some kind of passing fad or better yet. Another way to think about it is, is I could always win on salary. So,
0: so I'll, I'll address both of those quickly. So again, going back to my, well, you know, we're going to be back in the office in two weeks to uh, well, this thing's over. So we're going to, if, if that continues to be your, your worldview that things are going back to the way it was, you're going to lose that. That's, that's just a fact. And, Even if you are going back to the office full time, it's not going to be the same as it was before. There are different employees simply are looking at how they think about work and life completely differently now. So if you're not already thinking about it, you're way behind. You you have to start now today. If you're listening to this and you haven't started thinking about it, you have to start today. Um, your sorry. Your second one was, uh, um, I could
1: always win on salary.
0: I can always win on salary. Oof. If you're taking that approach, you know what that means? Unless you're one of one or two or three companies in the world, there's always going to be a company that has the ability to outbid you. So if you're winning on salary and that's all you're offering, you're, you're, you're on shaky ground because someone will come along and offer someone $500 more on your team and they will take it because there's nothing else keeping them there. So I, you know, once you've paid a, a proper salary, if that is all you're competing on, you're never going to win because someone will always outbid you and there's nothing else holding an employee there. And I've talked with employers about this where they said, yeah, i have had employees leave and it's like for like pennies. And I'm like, that should be a telltale sign that there's nothing, of meaning that's holding them there other than the salary you're paying them. And if someone's willing to pay them a few dollars more, then I'm like,
1: okay, I'll take it. And you just said something. I don't know if you said it intentionally or not, or implied it intentionally or not. Um, listening to what you just said, there's a second part of it. It also, you could, it's the people that you're recruiting. If you think you could always win on salary, you're recruiting people that will always sell to, the highest, the highest bidder.
0: bidder. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a no win situation for you go down that path. So, I mean, again, salary, it's always, I think always going to be number one, but if you're paying a fair salary, you, you can't rest there because to your point, you're going to attract people that are there for salary. And if they get a few dollars more somewhere else, they are gone. So hmm. you've got to think about those other things. And again, those other things at the top of the list aren't even tangible things, and then we can start getting into the tangible things, which are also important. But there's a lot that you need to be thinking about in order to attract and retain the best. Well, I'm not. I'm going to stop saying that. Not even the best. Just talent. You know, mm-hmm. it's you're you're, you're going to have to be stupid flies back from last year.
1: <laughs> so that's my thought. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, th- this has been another good conversation. yeah, um, I, like so I think topic. it's something relevant right now on you know f- from a couple different perspectives. You know those people that are pushing their employers to remain remote, those that are kind of in a state of limbo, but those that may now you know be their companies either trying to recruit them or they're out looking, you know things to things to consider. And like I kind of started off with is, things that you should think about and not get blinded just by the the salary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and I know we're wrapping up here, but from an employee standpoint, it's, I know how seductive it is to get wrapped up in the salary, but I've seen it happen way too many times where someone leaves for the salary and the honeymoon period is less than two weeks. And they're like, what the hell did I do? (laughs) You know? So there's, there's so much more to, to life and that isn't to say you shouldn't be, driven to maximize what you can earn. But if, if that is what you're chasing, you're never going to have enough. And, and ultimately you're never going to feel satisfied. Um, so, you know, be careful for, for chasing that as, as your,
1: as your goal. So true. So true. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up there. Um, and, uh, cause I think that that's a great way to wrap it up. And, um, we'll catch everybody later. See you. See you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator. So others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33 sticks.com or on the web at 33 tangents sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics routine.